Wow, what a great morning it's already been together, hasn't it? Really, really good. I was uh, kind of wrecked by the worship in a good way. I, I could barely sing the Good, Good Father song because of David's reminder of the last time we sang it together, um, which also caused me to think I want to start this morning a little differently than I had planned. So God is a good, good father. Um, I just want to tell you uh, something he showed to me. Uh, you may think I'm strange, but I'm just going to go with it anyway. I, I really enjoy my times with uh, my God and with my dog in the morning. I go out on these long hikes in the morning, and on the, my days off, I get to actually do it in, in the light. Uh, and on work days, I do it with a headlamp, dark to dark. Uh, but uh, my dog sometimes is a stinker. She uh, often will pick up things on the trail and eat when I don't want her to eat and things I do not want her to eat. Um, I won't tell you what. Anyway, um, so I've trained her to walk ahead of me, and I have a little command for her to get out from behind me and walk ahead of me and to stay this appropriate distance so that I can tell her no, <laughs> and so on and so forth. So we kind of got this thing going in, in the trail, and uh, then in, in that realm, I, my hike is not just for enjoyment, I, I really enjoy getting out and praying. And as I'm in the middle of my praying, uh, suddenly I'm stopped in my praying because my dog wandered off the trail slightly and came back onto the trail and then stopped. Now, I pay attention to my dog for multiple reasons, and this particular reason, it was quick to figure out what she stopped for. She stopped with one leg up. Now, she's made a habit of this. I'm pretty, sure she, I'm pretty sure she could take care of it herself, but she knows as soon as she does this, I'm going to come, see what's going on, and take care of her. So she had this big old goat head in her paw, and she just stopped and waited for me and let me take the goat head out, and then she just went on her merry way with the wagging tail, and there she goes. And then it just struck me why I'm out there. I'm not out there praying so that I can earn God's love. I'm not out there praying so that somehow I get more love. God loves me far more than I love that dog. And it's just like, I got the goat heads. I'm a stinker. I'm grabbing stuff I shouldn't be grabbing. And he just loves me anyway. And the little love that I have is nothing in comparison to the great character and the good God that I serve. He's a good, good father. Amen. Now I can't see my notes. <laughs> when Hunter Shamat discovered that he had lost his wallet, he felt sick. Hunter was 20, traveling on an airline from South Dakota to his sister's wedding in Las Vegas. He thought he must have dropped his wallet at the airport before boarding. Unfortunately, his wallet not only had his ID... $60 in cash, and his debit card, it also had a signed paycheck. And now he feared the worst. Luckily, Todd Brown was the man who found his wallet. Todd mailed everything back later that month, and then some. Todd included a note that read, Hunter, I found this on a frontier flight from Omaha to Denver. Wedged between the seat and the wall. Thought you might want it back. All the best. P.S. 
I rounded your cash up to an even $100 so you could celebrate getting your wallet back. Have fun. <laughs> I just thought, that's awesome. It just ins- inspires us to be, you know, more than just uh, be expected kind, be expected honest. Let's go the second mile. And this is exactly what this guy did. I love a story like that. Now, it doesn't take being a believer in God to totally get that kindness and love and graciousness and faithfulness and these character qualities are just good qualities. And this is what this series is all about, that God has a whole rack of character qualities that he wants us to have as well because he created us in his image to reflect those qualities and display his glory. And so this series, we're going to be looking at four of the many, many qualities of God that are his character qualities, and these four are what we're looking at. God is kind, loving, gracious, and faithful. I want to begin with three questions for you just to get you thinking. Is there anyone here who would not like to be known for being kind, loving, gracious, and faithful? Just looking around. Nobody's raising their hand. We all would like that. Now, honestly, in the world out there, there's some people they want to be known for being the bad boy. They want to be known for their power. They want to be known for their cruelty even because that's how they view they're going to get ahead and so on and so forth. So not everybody wants this, but I assume there'd be very few hand raising going on in here. Okay? So, the second question, if we are not known for these character qualities, can we change? And then, if so, is the third question, how? So, let's begin. There is a way that we can change our character. Point number one, let the character of God shape your character. Let the character of God shape your character. In this series, we're going to learn how to catch the character of God through a personal, close relationship with God. I don't know how you think you're going to get to become a kinder person or a more loving person or any of these character qualities, but what we learn from God is that the way you can change your own character is through a close, personal relationship with God that in the interchanges that you're having with God and he'll do amazing things to show you all kinds of things about himself that you just are overflowing with this I can't believe you're so kind I can't believe you're so loving it's just so great I want to respond in kind no pun intended because we're talking about God being kind and so I want to get at this a little bit through the back door. I, I, my college degree was in religious studies. My, I've got a couple other degrees after that in uh, you know, advanced degrees in theology. But even at the very, very entry level of studying God, uh, in every systematic theology, they have these um, big technical phrases to label uh, the attributes of God. 
And so I'm going to kind of go back door, and sometimes it just makes people think, why, why do you need to get so technical? Well, I want to take this tricky technical term, and I would like to make what's tricky sticky. Let's see if it works, okay? <laughs> All right, so the, the terms are God has incommunicable attributes, and he has communicable attributes. And the, what we're studying in this series is the second phrase, the communicable, communicable attributes of God. All right? Now, just to get at this, I want to just share with you a little bit about these two phrases. Incommunicable attributes, that's talking about how God is completely different from us. It's incommunicable. We don't get it from him. This is a unique description of him. God has existed for all eternity. We have not existed from all eternity. We owe our existence to God who created us. Okay? God does not change. We do <laughs> all the time. God is omnipresent, but we are present only in one place at one time. So we're not like God in these, these attributes. These are uniquely his attributes. That's why they're incommunicable. So they don't transfer from him to us. The communicable attributes are how we can be like God in some of these moral attributes of God. Examples, God is kind, he's loving, and we're able to be kind and loving as well. God has knowledge, we're able to have some knowledge as well. And so there are things that we track with and we actually increase and be shaped by these communicable attributes of God. These are not unique attributes to God. He wants us to have these attributes as well. So to make this, these two tricky phrases sticky, I'm only actually making the last Phrase sticky. Here we go. A communicable attribute is like a communicable disease. You can catch it and you can spread it. And we're talking about kindness. The kindness of God is something you can catch when you're in close proximity to him in a personal relationship with him and you start to experience everything about him and kindness just keeps coming your direction, and you don't deserve it, but it keeps coming, and as that keeps coming, you'll catch this kindness thing. I don't believe you can study your way into kindness. I don't believe you can try harder to be kind and fix all of your issues as it relates to kindness. I believe that you're going to catch this like a, an infectious disease, only it's in the good sense, in your close proximity to God. It's the total opposite of social distancing as it relates to God, okay? Unfortunately, too many of us are social distancing from God. Every time we're in a sinful decision-making mode, we're social distancing from God. We push ourselves away from God, and we get something in between us and God, and constantly we are struggling with this barrier between us and God, and so we feel like he's not being kind. Well, it's us who's caused this distance between us, and he seems far away. Hello, he's going to give us kindness still and pull that thorn out, okay? If we'll let him stop, help. And he will help you. We can catch the character of God through a personal and close relationship with him. Point number two, kindness is communicable. Kindness is communicable. Kindness is contagious. Even that story about a lost wallet, it's so cool. It's like, 
How cool is that? It's contagiously cool. You go, you know what? Next time I find a wallet, you know, I'd like to be that kind, you know? And that's why sometimes you have, hear the stories about somebody paying for the person behind them at the uh, drive through window, and then that person behind them is paying for the person behind A whole line of people start paying for the next person in the pay-it-forward kind of kindness, contagious thing that sort of, sort of is catchy. We need this kind of thing. Hey, this kind of thing more in our world, don't we? Catch it, spread it, it's inspiring. God's character is caught in ongoing, personalized intimacy with God. Not a distant, I know about God. Not a distance, I know about Jesus. Not a distance, I believe in God. Not a distance, I believe in Jesus. It only is caught from an ongoing, personalized intimacy with God when you're often drawing near and God then shares with you in a personalized way how kind he is to you. Now, God intends this for you and he expects a particular kind of response from you when he shows his kindness. I want to show you this about his intention in Romans 2.4. Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance and patience? By the way, all three of those are character attributes. Not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance, that is his intention. He is kind to you and keeps showing a kindness to you so that you will respond to him a particular way. And in this case, you're responding to him in repentance, which means turning back towards this God who has showed you such kindness. Now, having said that, side note, Gratitude is the central nervous system to the life of faith. If you are not growing in gratitude in your intimacy with God and out from that, uh, something needs to change. It's not only the central nervous system for your life of faith, it is the path to a greater sense of joy in your life. Gratitude. And gratitude is a choice, but it's a response as well. Kindness is magnetic when properly received. More examples of kindness. I'm kind of going to go rapid fire here with a series of verses. Titus 3, 4 through 5 reads, But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. Let's just hold on to that. God did not have to save us. He would be perfectly just in condemning the entire world and having a do-over. But he is so kind, he makes a way through his son Jesus. It's because of his kindness that he sends his son and takes the pain into himself to release us from the consequences of the pain we've inflicted on ourselves. 
Ephesians 2.7, in order that in the coming ages we might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. In the interest of time, I took out all my notes that I was going to share with you after this verse. But it is one that I'll just throw a question at you. What does it mean that for, in order that in the coming ages we might show the incomparable riches of his kindness. So we're going to be showing the incomparable riches of his kindness for ages to come. What does that look like and why is that such a big deal? Think about your whole... This is a relational setting of our eternity. Demonstrating the kindnesses of God and showing the kindnesses of God. And we're going to start putting all the pieces... Oh, here I'm going into my notes. Okay. Just think about that question. Colossians 3.12 reads, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with kindness. So this is the response we have to the kindness of God that we choose to reflect the same kindness that he has. And we put on kindness. Ephesians 4.32 reads, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Now, all of this sounds great, but can I just ask you a few personal questions, all right? Um, Does kindness come naturally to you? Yeah, me neither. Yeah. I'm going to put a little test just in case some of you think, oh, yeah, I'm a pretty kind person. I'm going to put a little test in front of you just to see how natural you are at kindness. And here's the test on the screen. As Jesus forgave, we are to forgive. Now, that's a really incredible kindness. As Jesus was being crucified, he says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. He's in the middle of the pain that's causing his excruciating pain. Excruciating comes from the word crucify. Excruciate, crucify. He's being crucified in this rack of pain, torturous pain. And in the middle of that pain, he is saying, Father, forgive them. Does that come naturally to you? Yeah, me neither. Okay. In fact, here's what I do. Pain, pain, pain. I nurse my wounds. Right? I focus on me. Nursing my wounds. I'm not focused on the other person and offering forgiveness back to them as they're causing the pain. Honestly, I'd hate to see my batting average if it was my kindness batting average. Seriously, because in the baseball world and in the church world, even good batters have low batting averages. We miss more kindness opportunities than we hit. I don't think there's a person walking on this planet that hits all the kindness opportunities that they encounter each day. The only person that did that was Jesus. Now, am I being pessimistic? Or am I being realistic to say, we miss the kindness opportunities far more frequently than we actually 
connect on the kindness opportunities. I think it's realistic, and here's why. Romans 3.12 says, All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Let's pray and go out of here. It's like, this is like, this is like really pessimistic. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Turned away from what? We've turned away from God, and we've turned away from the paths that God has asked us to walk on. We miss the things that he's asking us to do more frequently than we actually score and hit. And we don't catch the character qualities to the degree that he wants us to catch the character qualities so that we can spread these character qualities. So, I mean, you could correctly say, all have turned away from what? You could correctly say, in this context, because of this sermon, all have turned away from kindness. And if I'm going to be a little bit mean, as I drill in a little bit with some more questions. Don't answer these questions out loud, okay? How many of you have ever turned away from kindness in your action, your words, or your thoughts? Ever turned away from kindness? That's a big question. So I'm gonna break it down and make it more relevant. How many of you have turned away from kindness last month? How many of you turned away from kindness last week? You don't remember. And if you do, it's like, right? Because you really do remember. How many of you turned away from kindness yesterday? Now, if we pause and think about yesterday, I bet we can think of moments where we turned away from kindness yesterday. How many of you are turning away from kindness this morning? Okay, right now, you're thinking unkind thoughts toward me because of all these stupid questions. (laughs) So let's move on. Since none of us bats a thousand in kindness, what are we to do? Can we change? Can we improve our batting average? And the good news is yes, we can. Point number three. We can improve our batting average in kindness. Jesus made this possible for us. We call what he's done the good news. Let me just summarize quickly. At the cross, Jesus offered himself as a sacrifice out of love and kindness for us because there was nothing we could do to save ourselves. And because he offered himself as a sacrifice, basically absorbed all of our sins and released us from the penalty of being separated from God forever. That's very kind. And because he did this, he added on top of that kindness a gift that we could receive because of his sacrifice, purifying us from our sins. He made it possible for his own life, his own spirit, which is holy and cannot have fellowship with unholiness, to enter into us by the merit of his sacrifice and what his sacrifice has accomplished for his spirit then to indwell us and enable us to live out a life with resurrection power that's not our own to begin to live a life of kindness. And all the other attributes, to the degree 
that we deny ourselves and we live in faith and walk on in the power of the Spirit and keep in step with the Spirit by His resurrection power, we can connect far more than we're connecting now and develop in these character qualities of God. This is the gospel good news. The bad news is most Christians across, in our country in particular, have been fooled into thinking all I need to do is know about God and believe in God and what Jesus has done and I'll get to heaven and that's the end of the deal. But we're not reading what Jesus has taught us about learning the practices of Jesus and the habits of Jesus and the disciplines of Jesus, which by the Spirit's power will change us to look like Jesus. And that's the program. And he tells us very clearly what it looks like in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. We have a list of what is called the fruit of the Spirit. But will you please notice these are attributes of God that are the attributes of Jesus, that are the attributes of the Holy Spirit because the three are in union. They're one God, three persons. And now the Spirit is placing within us the attributes of God. And if we will just by faith, Faith, receive and walk in close communion with God and keep that sin out from the barrier between us, the Spirit of God will live out these attributes in us and it's called the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, which is our focus today, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Jesus makes kindness possible for us even in the most difficult circumstances and with the most difficult people. Not by our own power, but by the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, which is indwelling us through the Spirit of God to live out a supernatural quality of these characteristics in the middle of a real time, real word, real world, on the streets, kind of live like Jesus' life. NPR ran a moving story about a father and a son that aired on the hit radio show, This American Life. The episode, titled No One to Fold Them, focuses on David Dickerson's return to the Christian household he had not visited since he left for college. About 10 years later, as a hostile 28-year-old, Dickerson wanted to undermine his father's repressive faith. On the show, David says, I had all this ammunition, and I couldn't wait to use it. And I remember thinking, this is a showdown because my dad and I were at war. My dad didn't know this, but I was at war with him, and I was at war with all Christians, and I was just waiting for an excuse to have a shot. So when his father innocently mentioned some mission work he'd been praying about, David unleashed his fury. I just rambled on like this, and I knew, essentially, while I was doing this, I was assaulting his dream. You know, saying everything he was excited about that he shared with me, his misbegotten, was misbegotten, was a bad idea, was morally corrupt, and he just kind of quietly let me go on and on. David's father let him expend every round of ammunition without arguing 
or retreating. He simply looked at David and said, David, I'm really proud of everything you've done. David concluded the show by saying, and I remember looking at my dad and I thought, I had sort of expected to argue, you know, not to win, but to come to some kind of armistice, you know, some kind of truce. I hadn't expected to lose completely (laughs) because you can't argue with decency. You can't argue with goodness. Let's be kind. I would like to close with a prayer that I'm going to read. I'm going to read line by line. And after it seems like a sentence is done, I would like if you agree with that sentence as a prayer for you, just simply say under your breath or out loud, yes, Lord. Okay? Dear Heavenly Father, open our eyes to your kindness. Help us to respond appropriately to your kindness in repentance. Forgive us and fill us with your spirit and the fruit of your spirit. Help us to overflow with your kindness. Open our eyes to the opportunities to be kind to others. We want a a close personal relationship with you where we can catch your kindness and spread it. In Jesus' name and for his honor, Amen. Amen. Lord, thank you for loving us. All of us have a bunch of thorns, a bunch of stink. We're stinkers. We're so grateful that you have forgiven us, washed us up, keep pulling the thorns out. We look to you and ask you for help. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. We've got a prayer team to the left of the stage here. If you've got any prayer items that are big on your heart, you'd like to just kind of interact with them about what you just heard, uh, get some prayer today. Next week, we're on the characteristic of God's love. God is loving. See you next week. God bless.